You're listening to the Marathon Church Podcast. We exist to build communities that love Jesus, love people, and live on purpose. To learn more about Marathon Church, visit marathonchurch.org. We hope that this encourages you and builds your faith. Enjoy this week's message. What a great story. Can we give it up for Brandis right there? She's great, yeah? Um, oh, man. Today, today is, a, is a good day. We had drive-in, and it was a, it was a wonderful service. And, um, but just, I, I think Casey said it a while ago. I mean, just the presence of God is here. And our online viewers, can we get up for our online viewers, y'all? Come on now. They make it. They make it. And uh, students out in, out in the atrium and parents out there, too. So uh, today's a good day. It's going to be great. But just like you heard Brandis' story, there's this little thing called anxiety. All right. Uh, just by a show of hands and maybe at home. Uh, also, if you know somebody that struggle with anxiety, depression, worry, or something like that, will you raise your hand for me? Can you do that? Wow. Yeah. Okay. So, um, we know that this is a big deal, and I want to tell you something. And I'm going to be vulnerable for a second. Um, if, if we have never met, my name is Chase, by the way. I'm one of the pastors here. And so um, the thing is, is that I, I, I teach our students and uh, uh, with families and everything. And then a long time ago, there was this little thing called anxiety that sort of you know, poked its head in there. And um, like our students started struggling with it and all kinds of stuff. And can I be honest? You ready? I was so over it. I was so over, like, I'm sick because I have anxiety. I'm, uh, you know, I, I make bad grades because I have anxiety. And it was just like, I heard this over and over and over. Anxiety, worry, depression. And I'm like, I'm over it. I'm so over it. Until it creeped its head in, into my life. And this was recently, I was laying down asleep, sound asleep. I was a, a, pes, a peaceful rester, okay? And all of a sudden, I'm telling you, boom, it was like this bricks on my chest. And I, I, was, I couldn't breathe, and I was going, what? Cause, and I was thinking, right before it, I was thinking about all the things that I had to do, and I was thinking about all these people that depended on me, and all da, 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 right? And all of a sudden, it turned into a full-form, like, panic attack, and I went, whoa, this is real. This is some real stuff. And it scared me to the point of going, you know, talking to my wife about it, figuring out what was going on. I talked to a, another uh, small group leader of ours that has it. And then it went to another one that was just like, yeah, man, I have this too. And we're all grown adults. And we're like, what is happening? Like, this is crazy. So a lot like Brandis's story, a lot of us, and you just proved it, and those online I know, you know that either it's you or someone in your family or someone close to you has experienced anxiety, depression, worry, fear, or what I like to call monsters in their life. And if you're a student here or a student leader, I sort of gave the first half of this message on Wednesday. We had Freedom Youth Outdoors. It was pretty, pretty cool, really hot, but pretty cool. And it was a, it was a great night of worship and, and just telling this, this start of this fear monster message. And what I think is that, you, I think you heard Eddie say it last week, was when we are over it, God's all over it. Right. God's all over it. And he's, he's going to be like 
right there, and he already he he's gone before us, as the scripture says. So as it pertains to fear and our monsters, anxieties, and stuff like that. I was over it. I was tired of hearing about it. I know. I get it. I get it. And then, boom, everything changed when it became personal. And then I went, okay. But then what happened was God revealed so much to me through this process. And so today, like I told the cars out and drive in, you may not be struggling with this today. You may have never had had this happen to you, these monsters or these fears. You may be fine today. But what I would tell you is I would ask you to lean into this message, not what Chasen has for you, but what God has for you. Because today, it could be a a day of freedom. We just sang so many worship songs rejoicing in the fact that he is bigger than us. And we find peace beyond all understanding, right? We find peace when our thoughts start to give way and when our thoughts start to creep in a little bit more. We, he gives us peace and we sing about this and that's great. Oh, it's a worshipful Sunday. And then all of a sudden you get home, you go to work and all of a sudden this stuff creeps in. And then that goes into your marriages. That goes into your relationship. That goes into your schoolwork. That goes into your everyday life and it starts dividing. Guess who's in charge of that? Satan. He knows how to push your buttons. He knows how to creep into your life and start dividing you. Not just from your physical relationships, but your eternal relationship that you can have with Jesus, right? Those that are believers, he, that's his goal is to divide that. And so what happens? You start looking at these monsters a little bit differently. You do. You start befriending these monsters. Anyone ever heard the phrase, um, what is it? Uh, if you are, um, if you can't beat them, join them. Anybody heard that? Wow. You guys are a talkative bunch today. <laughs> is this the online service? Cause I'm not hearing you. <laughs> okay. I'm just kidding. Have you ever heard that before? Okay. There we go. Perfect. Uh, online you, you, you're good. I can't hear you, but I, yeah. Okay. So, um, Okay. In this context, that's not the case. A lot of you are joining up with these monsters and you're saying, if I can't beat it, I'll join it. And I will, it, I would like, uh, I will take on this role of worry and I will beat it by being its friend. I told the students on Wednesday, how do you hug a monster? Students don't give it away. How do you hug a monster? Maybe you're, I'm not talking about like monsters at Mad World, all right? Because that's just weird. Don't go up and hug ugly things like that, okay? What I'm talking about today are some of these like deep down in your gut fears like worry, like anxiety, but also like failure. I'm also talking about the insignificance. I'm talking about rejection and I'm talking about abandonment. Some of you here today and some of you watching online, you are like 30 years into this thing and you're still dealing with things that your biological parents did to you and were not around for you. You're still dealing with that because that monster is always putting its claws inside you. I'm talking about those fears that are way deep down inside I'm talking about those things that you don't want to talk about. I'm, I, I want to explore that. I want to explore that. Here's some examples like trying to, to make ends meet with your bills. As simple as that. And all of a sudden you, you're, you're trying your best, but then you get into this worry thing. Am I going to be able to provide for my family? Guys, 
what about this? What about for the, uh, the, the single parents out there? You're trying to make ends meet and all of a sudden that worry, anxiety, and you start taking on that pressure and you start trying to hug that monster because you just want it to go away. So you try to just take it in as a family member. I don't like you, but I'll, join, I'll have you live with me. <laughs> oh, what about this one? You try to love somebody that is unlovable. And to everybody else, you're going to make it look like you guys are a team. You guys are going to make it look like you are together and oh, we're in love. But when you get outside of everybody else, you take on this whole like persona of, I have to make them love me, but I, I, they're, not, they're not lovable. And it takes on that monster, right? What about this one? You feel alone because everyone that you know has left you, whether that be through uh, they passed away or whether that be through a, a divorce and all of your, your friends were on your dad's side and they're gone now or on your mom's side, they're gone. Or maybe you had a job where that was the only place you had friends and you moved away from that or you got let go because of COVID and now you are alone. And you see that this depression is coming up, this dark side. Maybe you are taking, uh, taking care of a loved one. And then all of a sudden the doctor is calling hospice and they say, hey, listen, here's the deal. I'm, I only give them maybe just a few weeks. And all of a sudden you take on the pressure of going, that's my fault. I was responsible. And the monster wants you to, to scare you and make you afraid. And they want, he wants you to know that you are defeated. And you, you just keep hugging that monster. I don't like you, but I don't know how to get rid of you. You won't go away. Or maybe uh, you are in an abusive relationship. Or maybe you are scared to death of COVID. This new virus thing has flipped you upside down and your world upside down, literally. And you are scared to death and you are so fearful that it starts changing who you really are. You're, maybe it's not that you get it, but that you're going to send it to somebody else in your family that is at risk. I'm with you. Perhaps you, you do everything like, like maybe you're a, a soccer mom, right? And mom, moms, you're my heroes. Okay. But you do everything that you know, you get them in, and dance and cheer and all the sports, football, baseball. And, and then all of a sudden you have a husband there and then, and then you have, you know, a, a baby and then you got your parents and then you got, and you're trying your best just to, just to survive. And you're doing this so that you can, so people can see that you have value. See, these are fears that are deep down. I'm trying to give you some examples. I'm not just talking about boo, Scooby-Doo, gotcha. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about these, these fears that you don't want to talk about, but you know they're there and you keep hugging that monster. When we have those in our lives they, and they're at the forefront of our mind, here's what happens. It takes us away from everything that God designed you to be. It does. We start making decisions that are not clear, godly decisions because we have this monster that's making the decisions for us. It's called a monster filter. 
And every decision, every thought, every word, everything that happens in your life outward has to go through this monster filter because you have allowed that monster to stay with you. You guys are buddies. Even though you hate it, you guys are buddies. And you're hugging it. When you do that, it, it takes you away from the blessings that God has, is wanting to give you. It does. When that monster is in front and the forefront of your head, it takes you away from those blessings. God wants to bless you. He wants to. He says it in his word. That's the highlight of his, his day is to bless you. But we as humans, we are idiots. And we choose time and time and time again to hug up with a monster like anxiety. And we choose to do these things. We let them in, like we heard Brandis say, and they tell us lie after lie after lie. And we miss blessing after blessing, opportunity after opportunity to share the gospel. We miss living life to the fullest when we allow those monsters to just take over. Now, I always say this to my kids. I always say this to the students. I've said it to you guys, and I'll say it over and again. How you respond is everything. How you respond shows your true heart and where you are. How you respond. So, in response of fear, what does that look like for you? Now, Wednesday, I had some of the leaders come up on stage, and I, I feel like there's four categories that when you get scared, people, people tend to go into. You ready for this? I want to tell you some of these, and I want you to see if this is you. You ready? So if someone scares you, you either go into what I like to call the runner, where she gone. You know what I'm talking about? Like, boo. They are out. Or they go into what I call the screamer. If you're from the South, the yeller, right? And all of a sudden they get booed. Ah! You know what I'm saying? Everybody with me? Or you fall into the fighter where it's like, Ooh, let's go. You know, you get scared and boom, you're out. Or maybe it's the freezer. If I stay still, he won't, he won't scare me anymore. Anybody know what I'm talking about? How many of the people would be the freezer? Anybody out there? Thank you, sir, for being the only person in this room to admit that. Thank you. appreciate it. No. How many is the screamer? Okay. Yes. Yes, you are, Allie. Allie was one of our swaggers. She is a screamer. I'll tell you that. Oh, man. How many is runners? Anybody's running there? Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. Uh, how many is the fighter? Of course, the dudes would. Oh, that's me, man. <laughs> I'll, I'll kill somebody. I will. I don't care. I'm a little bit of everything. Like, I squeal like a little girl. There was one, one time, I'm not a haunted house guy. Like, I'm not in October. Like, I watch Christmas movies on Halloween, and I'm not kidding. I like Hallmark. I pay extra for that. Okay? So, here's the deal. Uh, one time, for our students, I went into a haunted house. I won't do it again. And I was going through, and I literally, they made me lead the way. And I'm going through with my head down. I'm going, I see you. I see you. Back up. Back up. And there was this one dude I didn't see. And he was like, you know, whatever, or whatever. And I go, ah! <laughs> like that. And he, I got him right in the chest, you know, or whatever. And I, I dart. I run straight into this wall, poof, like that. Kids are laughing. You're welcome. And then I finally get out, and they're like, you can't do that. You can't punch him. You can't touch him. He was trying to kill me, man. 
I'm a little bit of all of these things. I, my response, I have no control over. I might have peed a little, okay? Uh-huh, you know where I'm at. The same goes for those dark fears and those kinds of depression and stuff. When we respond, we have no control sometimes. Anybody with me on that? We have no control. And when we are afraid, we respond so quick to somebody that didn't even mean anything. And all of a sudden, whew. and if I had it my way, I would just say, I'm over this. I'm over it. I'm done. And, and the, the thing is, is that the only way that I knew how to get out of that moment that I was in that I felt so whew, anxiety and depression, I, the only way I knew to do that was to turn to God's word. And I'll say it till the day I die. God's words are the best words. I could sit up here and talk all day long, but that'd just be a TED talk. The difference is I want to show you in God's words what he has to say about this. Y'all with me? And if you have your app, that's where it's going to be today, all right? Or maybe if you have a, a real Bible right there, a real. I, that's horrible. I didn't mean it that way. I love you, you version. I'm just kidding. Um, we're going to go to 1 John, 1 John chapter 4. 1 John chapter 4 is uh, I want to tell you a little bit about the backstory of this just so you have some context. Uh, there's 1 John, 2 John, 3 John. They're toward the end of the Bible here. And, um, and so like the other, the second, third John is, is like part the writer is called the elder, but the first John is like anonymous. Okay. But they, he's talking about this guy who's in, in, in jail and in prison and, 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 uh, and it's talking about how John was, is a, like another author and of the letter and that we're looking at. And, and so what happens is he was the disciple that Jesus loved and he was one of Jesus' best friends. And so when Jesus was on trial for something that he didn't do and the crucifixion happened and Jesus died, it was his best friend that died right in front of him. It was like frightening experience for him. It was a frightening experience for him. And so later we see that Peter and John, again, they're hauled off to some religious leaders for them to, for the religious leaders to say, shut your mouth. Don't say anything about Jesus. And so their, their community is even against them a little bit. But they're still trying to tell people about Jesus. They're still trying to tell these churches about Jesus. They're still trying to help people find hope. And so we also see that all of a sudden John gets hauled off to this island because of like in, in exile to separate him. And so there's even a legend about some of the um, theologians talk about how John was boiled so this dude had every right to be fearful. This dude had every right to have anxiety. He's sitting there going, ooh, I could die. <laughs> right? He has a lot of fear. So this is where this, I wanted to, to make you understand that this, this letter that we're about to read is from a dude that is ex extremely like in fear of his life but he's moving forward. He's trying his best to move forward. And there's one thing that in this, in this letter, he, he comes together and it's like a, a, a central theme. And we talked about it last month too. It's this idea of love, the importance of love in a believer. And in this passage, where we're about to read, we will see how love casts out fear. Because John, 
He was trying to help, help people understand that. And he's like, this is how we get through this. This is how we do this. So if you will, turn to your Bibles to 1 John chapter 4. We're going to start in 15. I think it's on the app at 16. But 15, it says, if anyone confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God resides in him and he in God. And we have come to know and to believe the love that God has in us. God is love. God is what? love. That's right. God is love. And the one who resides in love resides in God and God resides in him. By this love is perfected with us so that we may have confidence in the day of judgment, because just as Jesus is, so also are we in this world. Ready? Here's 18. Here's the big one. There is no fear in love. There's no what? Fear at home. Y'all say it. There's no fear. There's no fear in love. But perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. So, all right, let's, let's talk about this, all right? God is what? Love. We talked about that in our last talk. God is love. And he has this thing where if anyone puts their trust, in the first thing it says, if anyone confesses with their mouth that Jesus is the son of God, Jesus is Lord, they make, he makes Lord or she makes the, uh, Jesus Lord of their life, then God immediately lives inside of him, them. He immediately, they, he, he resides in us. And if God is love, then we should love. We talked about that, right? Okay, okay, here we go. Walk with me. Now, but then it says, there is no fear in love. And God's perfect love, because God's perfect love, it, that happened when he sent his one and only son down and to, to earth, right? Jesus, remember this? He died on the cross, pretty big deal, you know? All right, so that was, that's what made it perfect love. So if that resides in you and you have that perfect love, what did the verse just say? Perfect love drives out fear. Perfect love drives out fear. And these are shocking words, especially with someone in his case, right? In John's case, or maybe in your case, you have this overwhelming like worry, anxiety, or uh, a failure, whatever that monster is. You have that inside of you. And those are shocking words to say to that monster of saying, ah, perfect love drives out fear. See ya. I get it. That's a little weird. Let's keep going. Let's keep going. Um, love isn't, and I, this is what I believe, love isn't a silent witness to fear. Love doesn't just ignore fear. You got to understand that. Fear, no, no, love takes an active role in changing the result of fear. Are you, are you hearing me? Love changes the result of fear. It acts, it moves. So when you confess that Jesus is Lord, you have a perfect love, a power that God only has that's inside of you and you can cast it out. Here's the, here's the deal. The problem is, is how do you hug a monster? That question still there. How do you hug a monster? And then obviously the guys would be like, well, you just take a 22 out and shoot it. Or the moms, you just take a pan and hit it, or you, you change its diaper, you know? No, here's how you hug a monster. Are you ready? Online, are you ready? Ooh, I've watched a lot of Scooby-Doo, I know. Here we go. You don't hug a monster. 
right? That would be crazy. Why do, why do you even try to hug monsters? Why would you hug a monster when that's God's role? See, your love isn't perfect. You're, it's, it's, a lot of us, it's conditional. Yep. And you're trying to cast out this monster with your so-called perfect love. And, and if anything, it's actually bringing it closer to you. Students, listen to me. It's actually helping you disobey your parents. It's actually helping you make really unwise decisions when it comes to purity. It's really not helping you because you think that you got it. You think that you can take this monster down. And the the thing is, is you can't and you never will. The only person that can, and that's God. His love, his perfect, infinite love will draw and drive out fear. That's what God does. He's the one who is able to do the impossible, not you. And I'm tired of watching people like you guys and those that online and those that were in drive in. I'm tired of watching people be destroyed. I've watched small group leaders in my past that, that have been on fire and all of a sudden depression hits and all of a sudden they start running from God. And it's like, I got this monster. I'm going to hang with him. What? You know, the right thing to do. Satan doesn't want you to do. I'm so tired of all of us getting defeated over and over and over as we close today. I want us to close with how we move forward. That's great, Chase. Let's don't hug monsters. Whoop-de-doo. But really, what's, some, what's a practical way for us to enjoy this journey when we know there's going to be monsters? We know there's going to be fear. We know, and no matter how many times you say, I'm over it, it's still going to be there. How do we do that? Well, there's a, a thing... That, um, that I want to talk about in Philippians. All right. Turn to Philippians, Philippians 2, Philippians 2, verse 16. Philippians 2, verse 16. It says, by holding on to the world or to the word of life so that on the day of Christ, I will have a reason to boast that I did not run in vain nor labor in vain. But even if I am being poured out like a drink, a drink offering on the sacrifice and service of your faith, I am glad and rejoice together with all of you. And in the same way, you also should be glad and rejoice together. Man, have you ever thought about have you ever thought about what it would look like to rejoice in pain? Have you ever thought about what it would look like to rejoice in sorrow? Man, these guys that God anointed to write this stuff, we have no clue what it was like. We have no clue the sacrifice that it took just to say, Jesus loves you. God loves you. There is hope. 
We have no clue. But the worry of, oh, kids are going back to school. That means everybody's getting COVID. Merry Christmas. It's a real deal. I get it. But don't be defeated on that hill. You lost your job. It's, oh, I can't imagine. As a dad trying to provide, and then all of a sudden you lose your job, I can't imagine. Don't die on the hill. Do not cuddle up with that monster. Absolutely not. Be proud of your faith. Be proud to know that you, now I'm talking to believers. I'm talking to Christians. I'm talking to those that put their trust and faith in Christ, okay? By doing so, you have the power to conquer anything. Uh, here, here's the deal. If you look in uh, John, First John chapter 4, if you look at the beginning over there, it says in verse 4, you are from God, little children. That's talking to all of us. Just because you're 50, 60, 70, 80, 100, 200 years old. Still, we are all God's kids, right? You are from God and have conquered them because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. What? What? So rejoice because it ain't up to you. <laughs> it's not about you. You can rejoice that knowing that I have the power of God living in you. So the monsters you can bring them on, it ain't gonna happen today. Those fears you can bring them on, it ain't gonna happen today. Because we have a greater God in us. A greater God. Now, Here's the deal. I'm reminded of a story in Acts, a document in Acts. I won't read the whole thing. I'll just tell you. It's about a guy named Paul and Silas. And Paul and Silas, you probably know this story. If you don't, it's, it's an awesome story. I think it's Acts 16, maybe something like that. And these two guys, they're, they're in jail. I'm telling you, persecuted, run down, beaten, all because of telling hope saying, hey, Jesus is the answer. Jesus, it doesn't matter what the outline, out, you know, what it looks like. Jesus is the answer. But they're in prison <laughs> and they don't know what else to do. So you know what they start doing? The Bible tells us that they start singing hymns and rejoicing. They start singing hymns and rejoicing. Last time I checked, you walked in here with some fancy clothes on, with your shoes. You got a car that has four wheels. Um, you're not in prison. You haven't been beaten. Like, you are here. You have air that you're breathing, right? They start rejoicing and singing because they knew what God can do, yes, but they, they knew what God had done up to this point. It's a perspective change. They didn't huddle up with their monsters. They said, no, my God is greater than he who is in the world. My God is greater than he who is in the world. And you need to be reminded of that. But guess what happened? Here we go. Guess what happened? All of a sudden, they're singing, they're rejoicing, they're giving God praise. An earthquake just shows up out of nowhere, shakes everything loose. The jail cell falls down. Everything's crumbling. All of a sudden, the guard, he starts getting scared. He starts grabbing his weapon because he knows if, his, if the prisoners get loose, he's dead. So he's just going to go ahead and get rid of himself, all right? And he saw, all of a sudden, Paul and Silas saw that he grabbed his sword and he said, don't hurt yourself. We're still here. 
all of a sudden the guard starts looking at him and going, how did this happen? It's by our God. Jesus who is greater in us than he who is in the world. And guess what? The story goes on to say that that guard received Christ that day. It goes on to say that he took it home to his family and they were baptized because of some prisoners who were rejoicing in the pain. Guys, listen to me. We got to start rejoicing. If we're going to move forward, stop hugging monsters and start rejoicing in the God who is greater in you than he who is in the world. Can I get an amen, anybody out there? Come on, everybody stand up, stand up. Listen, you want to know what living looks like? Start rejoicing. You want to know what freedom looks like? start rejoicing. Those that are carrying that monster right now, if you're watching online, you need to listen to me. You want to know what living and freedom looks like? Then start rejoicing in the God who is in I want you to start rejoicing. There we go. I want you to start rejoicing and I want you to start singing and I want you to start giving credit to the one who is more powerful to conquer that monster. Y'all ready to start rejoicing and start singing with your life? Are you? Come on now, clap your hands. I want to hear it. I want to see it. Come on, say, this is what freedom feels like. This is what living looks like. Come on, let's just show. If you were encouraged by today's message and made a decision to follow Jesus, be sure to let us know by connecting with us online at marathonchurch.org. If you haven't already, be sure to rate us and hit subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you stream your podcasts. To experience more messages, videos, and live gatherings, visit us online at marathonchurch.org or download the Marathon Church app. Thanks for listening to the Marathon Church Podcast. 